Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hit Chat Chit Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Reynolds, and I have a special guest today, uh, someone in the community that I actually am working in as well, um, and someone I've been wanting to get on the podcast for a long time. We have Mr. James Sandoval. How you doing, I'm, sir? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for coming out. Absolutely. Glad to be here. I want to get rocking and rolling right into it. I would love to know a little bit about what you do, some of the things that uh, you've been able to do in the community. I'm sure. um, working with a couple of different high schools and a lot of different kids. Um, I know you've worked with the guys from guys I just graduated, and I know you've been able to work with some guys that are still in the BYBA, Brighton sure. Youth Association uh, organization. So what all do you do? Yeah, so local guy, right, from this area, from Brighton, Colorado, graduated here, you know, uh, dabbled a little bit in college baseball, been playing or coaching for the last 35 years, served on the board for BYBA for several years, work with uh, both local high schools in, in town, um, both at Brighton High School and Riverdale Ridge High School. Um, done youth stuff, done softball the whole nine, you know, played competitive softball and everything, traveled across the country doing that stuff for for several years, so been a part of the game for, like I say, the last 35 years. Uh, when we first started this journey, uh, you know, this coaching journey about, you know, I, right out of college, we did some coaching and, you know, that sort of thing, but just learning, right? Trying to gobble up as much information <laughs> as we could from some really great coaches, right? Les Tapia was my coach, you know, I worked with Greg, uh, excuse me, uh, um, Coach McKenzie there for a while, did a summer team when I was really young, you know, learned a ton of great stuff and then came back to the coaching ranks about 10 years ago and started a youth team. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> we knew we had to do something different just based on the demographic of our town, right? Not a lot of big kids. You had a group of kids that were just anomalies right. when you came through. You had some monsters. That, <laughs> that hasn't happened. That, 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 that was a complete anomaly that doesn't happen in, in our town. We have wrestlers in our town and small scrappy baseball players. Once in a while we'll get a dude, but we have to develop what we have in, in, in this area. So we, both Coach Brad, uh, Brad Chabay and myself, we got together and we're like, how are we gonna do this? It has to be from a developmental standpoint. He had a great knowledge, he, uh, you know, he was a great player coming through and he uh, you know, was super helpful with, on the hitting side of stuff uh, with, with our squad and uh, at the end of time, we. It had, had to be development-based. So how do we do that? And it, it was in the age of time where development wasn't really a part of the game. When I came through, and even when you came through to some extent, baseball was either you could play or you couldn't. And there wasn't a lot to develop out there. You, you, you took some ground balls, you hit some, hit some fly balls, and you took some hacks, and then you went home. There wasn't really much for, you know, the mechanics of your swing or how do we fill the ground ball, okay? What's this footwork that we're talking about here? Pitching mechanics, okay, everybody's an expert at pitching mechanics, right? <laughs> so what is that? What does that look like? So took us into, you know, did that whole thing for several years. We tried to do things as, uh, as different as possible. You know, we broke kids down. And everybody says they broke kids down, but are you really breaking kids down? What I mean by that? Are you individually working with your players as a coach of a team? If you're a manager of the team, you have so much to, to get into. There's so much out there, whether it's the finances, whether it's coaching uh, you know, pitches, whether it's calling signs at third base. But are, what are you doing in the offseason to actually get them better? 
So, you know, we've been working through that. We worked through that for the first couple of years of that youth thing, and uh, we, we got it down. We, we started figuring it out. And uh, once we did start figuring it out, we started competing with some of the best teams in Colorado. You know, we, we figured that out. We're like, okay, this works. This works. And after our kids came through the process, we're like, hey, let's do something to where we can help some other kids in the community. So it kind of took off from there. So that's kind of where we were at, which kind of takes me into uh, the last five or so years. So this whole thing at Driveline came about. You know, Pat Tabor, Pat, Pat's a guy who's uh, the know, mayor, uh, the mayor, he is just the mayor of the town. He's been uh, Brighton baseball for the last 20 years. I think we've had probably 10 or 15 coaches in that time. And, uh, you know, Pat's been the constant. So him and I, we, we didn't have any one year. We didn't have any 80 mile an hour arms, which is crazy to think of now. Right. We had zero guys who could throw 80 plus. Had a good group of freshmen coming in, so on and so forth. But. What, what's this driveline stuff? Is, is it a bunch of crap or what's happening with this stuff? You know, we kept hearing about it and kept hearing about it. And, you know, as a egomaniacal coach, as we all are, our first glimpse is like, yeah, oh, that's crap. Nope. That's crap. Oh, those guys are on juice. Then, well, what's going on? This is, this is BS. And then we're like, you know what? Let's take a trip out and let's see what's going on. So we started making some contacts and, you know, we, we scheduled a trip and we, we went out there for a full week and we learned some, from some of their uh, best instructors, you know, all the way from the strength and conditioning end, which that's huge for me. I've always been a part of that. I was, you know, reading muscle and fitness magazines when I was 12 years old. I was always intrigued by that side of, that side of things and how it affected performance. My degree uh, from University of Northern Colorado is in uh, kinesiology, so study human movement and nutrition and all that stuff. So that was, that was my realm. That was my great interest at the time. Um, you know, you get that degree to become a personal trainer ultimately and, you know, I, whatever, you know. But it was, it was astounding to me to see how all of this stuff pieces together. And, you know, back in, back in my time, there was weightlifting, there was baseball, and the two didn't combine. They were very taboo. Okay? A weightlifter or a pitcher using weights, that was just something you didn't do. Oh, it's going to affect your mobility. It's, you know, you're going to be stiff. It, it just didn't go together. <clears throat> so we went out there and, uh, to the driveline facility, and we saw the strength training part of it. And, you know, we saw the throwing programs. And uh, we, we visited with the hitting folks. You know, the hitting was just starting to come on at that time. We're like, holy cow, there's something to this, especially the throwing stuff at the time. Throwing stuff is unbelievable. Nothing that I've, like I've ever seen. So we started diving into that, and, you know, we, we went through the process. You know, some of the, the trainers out there, they're like, yeah, try this, try this, try that, try this drill, try that drill. You know, and it, it works. It works. Um, all of a sudden, we had guys, you know, coming in freshman, sophomore year, 85, 87, you know, infielders throwing across at 92. Like, what the heck is going on here? This works. You know, and just like everything, right, on the weight training side, on the hitting side, and on the throwing side, if you devote yourself to something, it's probably going to work to some extent, right? So that's how we got into all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's paid great dividends for some of the kids, most all of the kids that have come through our, our program. So it's been pretty neat. That is awesome. That is a, a wild journey as yeah. well. Um, yeah. And I kind of want to touch up on it a little bit. You kind of mentioned a timeline. Mm -hmm. You said that you got away from a little bit, but 10 years ago, yeah. 
all of a sudden you got a new interest into it. What, yeah. what was that new interest 10 years ago? You know, so kids going through the program, you know what I mean? I've always played. I couldn't see myself getting away from the program or from the coaching aspects. You know, played, like I said, competitive softball and, you know, did, did all that stuff for 10 years or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's time to start coaching this again. Let's get back into this. So we got back into it and we dove in head first and we learned and we failed and we learned again and we figured stuff out. And, you know, I'm a problem solver. That's kind of my nature. So that's one of the things that, uh, you know, has, has really helped. Like, I'm not satisfied with not knowing something fully. So I keep digging, 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 and don't stop. And, you know, at some point it becomes an obsession, unfortunately. So, you know, baseball is one of those things, and baseball development is one of those things we'll never be masters at. But just to dive in and obtain as much information as you possibly can, it's huge. You have to. everything, yeah. It is. And someone, I, I don't know the exact person that said this quote, but they said, um, the more you dig into it trying to find the answer, you more you will find out that you're nowhere near the yeah. answer. Don't and so sure. there's that obsession where it's like, I need to know more. Right. So you dig more, and all of a sudden, right. instead of having more answers, you have more questions. Sure. And then you go down those rabbit holes, and then right. that adds up more questions. The next right. thing you know, you've added 30 questions, and you've answered one, if Absolutely. that. And it's, Absolutely. it's the information is knowledge, and to be able to pass that on and the amount of coaches that I've been able to see and parents that I've gone through that have not necessarily taken the approach of, you know, I need to learn more. I need to fail, as you mentioned, and learn from that as being sure. a problem solver. There's been, you know, and it's getting better with the more information that's getting available. You know, like you mentioned, Driveline. They have a whole blog section that's absolutely incredible. Breaks down every different kind of category. It has the estimated read time on there. Right. There are like things you don't understand. A lot of them have hyperlinks that will take you to another blog that will describe <laughs> that. It's like yeah. the information is out there. And for you to go through and say, hey, I need to make sure that with my, you know, it starts off with a lot of the time, like, you know, you having someone that you're invested in and that you want to learn for them. Sure. And then it's like, wow, I want to spread this knowledge across to as many people as possible. Like right. that's the, that's the ever going, you know, coaching desire and that burning passion on the inside to where I love that you have that. I love that our community has someone like that. Right. And I'm wanting to right. make sure like, how do we get more? Like, how do we make it to where, I don't know if you ever go on Baseball Life Colorado or mm -hmm. whatever that Facebook sure. page is. A lot of coaches in there, I'm reading like 8U, Diamond, Platinum, Silver, you know, yeah. they're all these travel teams that like 8U and I'm like, yeah. that's not like, they need to learn the basics. Like you mentioned earlier, like we need to start with the foundation and build from there and add right. more to it rather than, I feel like a lot of the coaches sometimes at the youth area kind of get lost in a little bit the idea of, it's okay to fail. It's okay to ask questions. Baseball is a game of failure, as we know. And while it sucks at the time, it sucks at the time. <laughs> it sucks to fail. It's terrible. But you gain nothing from beating a team 20 to 1. You gain nothing from, you know, you forget all of the mistakes that you made if you win the game. There's so much more you can improve upon by losing a game, even if it's a close game. You yep. know what I mean? It's... You learn so much more from, uh, from, from taking an L than you do with taking a W, for sure. There's so much more uh, valuable information to gain from that because you forget about the things. <laughs> you forget about all the crappy stuff you did if you won the game. Yep. So, well, 
losing sucks, you have to appreciate it. I love failure. You know what I mean? I love failure in this aspect because it's baseball failure, right? Yep. It's baseball failure. It's not real life failure. No. It's teaching you how to fail in real life circumstances. You're going to go through things in your life that, uh, that suck. You know, you lose a job, you, you know, get a divorce. There's so many negative things that you, you have to go through, but I feel like baseball prepares you for so many, so many of those things in real life, just going through that stress. It really does. And I think it massively comes down to, like you mentioned, it's really easy when you win to kind of forget your mistakes. Mm -hmm. And when you lose, it's easy to show them. I think it comes down to also having a coach that's able to make sure that that is the focus. Like I remember um, I was like, I'd be coaching in the fall and, you know, we're going through for me, this is an opportunity for me to get players in that maybe didn't get the most amount of reps in summer when it was kind of like crunch time championship games. And so I'm throwing guys out there. If we're up by one, I'm throwing in like little Timmy who hasn't gotten an inning in, you know, in a few weeks or so. And it's like, Hey, he needs to get reps in, you know, and I've got some parents that are like, what are you doing? Like, we need to win. It's like, this is a fall game. Like, what? It's the understanding of, you know, you can learn a lot from failure, but you have to make sure that you're understanding why you failed. Sure. And it's requiring a coach that is able to see that rather than, you know, when it's in that time and moment, it sucks. Like it does. It does. And you just have to be able to to work through that and be able to see what long-term progression looks like rather than the short-term goal. Right, 100%. I mean, we're coming off of the high school season right now, right? I mean, both you were, in, you were involved and I was involved in th- these different high schools. And, you know, you're going into that, uh, that game that gets you into state and you have to throw everything at it. You got to do The whole kitchen sink, baby. The whole kitchen sink, <laughs> everything. But that's different than game 67 of your summer schedule or, you know, game 35 of your fall schedule. You know, those are developmental opportunities. You know, it's a lot different than trying to get into the state tournament, right? Where, you know, people's coaches' jobs are at stake and all this other stuff is going on, you know? So there's different times and uh, you have to be able to conceptualize all of that as well as a coach and stuff. It's tough. That's why it's kind of nice being a developmental coach opposed to being a true manager. You know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, I feel sorry uh, for, for some of these high school coaches that are having to go through it. It's tough. It's a tough job. It the really most is. underappreciated job in maybe the history of sports. And your job is reliant on 14 to 18-year-olds competing in some of the most high pressure situations that they've been in their life. Right. Absolutely. That's tough. And you started talking a little bit on the development side of things um, right there. And I think that's an amazing segue to kind of go into what does your training look like? Like what is kind of like your setup? What do you guys go through? Like how do you kind of plan out and do stuff? Like what does that for you look like? Absolutely. So (laughs) we, you know, we schedule things and we're, we're most active from December until the start of these high school seasons or until the start of the youth season, whatever it is. We take on, you know, full teams. We take on, you know, college athletes, high school athletes, what have you. We do a group assessment. So it's not necessarily an individual assessment, but we have multiple coaches who are, you know, looking for low-hanging fruit, looking for low-hanging fruit. Do we have some, uh, you know, scapular mobility issues? Do we have some hamstring 
mobility issues, hips. We're just looking at all these different aspects of the human body to see what is something that we can incorporate both individually and within our group to try and facilitate the best possible outcome for this low-hanging fruit, you know what I mean? So we take them through a series of battery tests as far as that's concerned, and then we build our base program. And then it's an assessment in it is every day, as you know. It's not just once, it's every single day. Um, our thing is improving, you know, uh, test, retest, all that good stuff, and then we put them through our battery of, uh, of drill work. And the drill work starts off pretty basic because, you know, as far as throwing, we're looking for, uh, you know, uh, arm mobility, we're looking for shoulder scapular mobility, we're looking for arm path, we're trying to segment body parts at that point within those first couple of weeks. And then we start adding the lower half and then we start building things together. But everybody starts with the base program and then we build from there. Everybody uh, gets their own individual program as we kind of proceed along through the course. So it's, uh, it's fun. Um, then we start competing about a month in. We'll start competing, we'll start putting that radar gun up and you know, that's when kids start getting, getting after it and getting excited, man. And that's that's where uh, that's where it's fun. <laughs> like like I said, I went back went to the uh, driveline facility back in Seattle, you know, about five or six years ago, and the atmosphere was everything for me. Massive. The atmosphere was awesome. So trying to I'm a culture guy, so I'm all about culture. If people are buying in, you're gonna get the most out of them. Hundred percent. So that being said, we tried to you know we crank up the music. We have a blast. We talk a bunch of junk, you know, everybody's back and forth and we're yapping. You know, on pull down days, there's no better atmosphere. Everybody's getting after it, you know, going crazy. You know, uh, Velo slaps the whole shot. So I love it's, it. It's super fun, man. We, so we get after it. Yeah, it's, you know, we the best outcomes that we've had are 12 weeks. 12 weeks with the program and, you know, you're going to see some good Velo gains. And, you know, we also do some control work, you know, hitting targets and, you know, we make everything a competition. So that's that's the ticket, right? I love that's that. I love that. When you're going through, and you had mentioned earlier, failure is massive, and it's an amazing Absolutely. opportunity to learn from that. How do you necessarily, with the atmosphere and everything that you're trying to create, um, sometimes failure can be one of those things where everyone, you know, if failure is the boogeyman, you know, everyone, you don't want to talk about it, you don't want to see it, you don't want to be around it, and that can kill a complete atmosphere. Absolutely. So for you guys, how do you guys install failure into your training while still making it to where it's an atmosphere that guys are safe to fail? Absolutely. You know, the competitive environment really takes care of a lot of that. You know, if one guy right next to you is throwing 85 and you're throwing 80, you're pissed. Like, <laughs> this is bullshit, man. I, hey, how do I get through this? <clears throat> so that, that takes care of itself. You know, if I don't hit the target, 8 out of 10 guys, and then the guy... Right next to me, hit it, hit out of 10, 10 out of 10 times. What, what's going on? Hey, you know, I see your sign up here. No one, no one cares. Work harder, right? Yep. Like, nobody cares. Like, let's get after it. Let's keep going. Hey, maybe tomorrow you'll hit 10 out of 10. Maybe tomorrow you hit 82. Hey, it's, it's a work in progress. Um, so that takes care of itself. The competitive environment helps with that. That's why you and I were talking earlier. Sometimes it's a challenge to coach on an individual basis it's necessary yep. but sometimes you get the most out of them when you put kids together you know louis simmons he was a, a fantastic uh 
strength training coach, just a guru, West Side Barbell guy. His fam one of his famous quotes was, you know, the, the fastest way to squat 500 pounds or bench 500 pounds is put yourself in a, an environment with, with dudes that bench or squat 500 pounds. You know what I mean? So those guys push each other. They get each other better. So that's, that's one of the ways. That's my favorite way to, to treat failure, to test failure. Another aspect, you know, we're doing our pull downs. You know, we get a month in, we're starting our pull downs and when they're ready for it and that sort of thing. Guys are pissed because they're not getting, you know, PRs every week. <laughs> they're not getting PRs every week. That's just not how it works. So, you know, they're upset and you have to fight through that and you have to coach them through that mental aspect of it too. Hey, this is not how it works. This is a marathon, not a sprint, you know. Next week you might get a PR or you might go down five miles an hour. We don't know. Stay after it. Trust the process. Let's keep grinding here. So that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's what I love. So I love that. I love that. Um, when you're going through and you're seeing these kids that are coming through, um, you know, like you mentioned that you're working with guys that the 12-week program is the biggest yeah. program mm -hmm. uh, that you're seeing the biggest jumps of. Yeah. Do you think that's because of maybe that gives you enough time to kind of necessarily work on some of the like bigger flaws? Uh, do you think that that is because it makes it to where, like you just said, the progression chart of yes. guys that are getting better, it's an up, down, up, right. up, down, up. Like, right. do you think that 12-week program is where you're hitting coming on the upside rather than just after you kind of reaching that peak? We'll see a jump in the first six weeks. Then we won't see a jump for a while. Then we probably won't see it till week eight or 10. And then, you know, at the end, some guys may PR on that last, that last, uh, that last session, but oftentimes they won't. They've already seen that in, you know, maybe week eight or week 10, just depending. Everybody's a little bit different, but the slow progress, we, we pride ourselves, knock on wood. We've never had an arm injury. We've never had put anybody at, at risk. Any time you're doing an athletic activity, there's a chance somebody's going to get hurt. They're throwing some heavy balls, and you know, it's... Uh, they're yeah. high schoolers, too. <laughs> they're high schoolers, right? And they literally get hurt. I mean, we had one kid, uh, um, he hurt his ankle because he twisted his ankle on a pull down. Like he fell. Like, oh, like how does that happen? Like, uh, you know, like fell on his collarbone. Like, come on, man. Like it, it, these things happen, right? Because it's an athletic activity. But we pride ourselves on building them up very slow. Another critical aspect of our throwing program is I used to manage it and it just got to be way too much. Again, I'm a strength and conditioning guy. That's my thing. We don't allow kids to jump into this type of training unless they're doing some sort of accredited strength and conditioning plan. I feel as if it's just not a safe thing to jump out there. You haven't lifted, you know, your shoulders can't handle throwing some heavier implements. Okay, you can throw a football, whatever, you know, there's, there's that whole discussion, right? Football, baseball, heavy <laughs> balls, whatever else, right? Nonetheless, we try to do it as safely as possible. So I feel like that ramp up period for that first four to six week is huge in guiding them through that process. And that's why they're starting to see these gains at six, eight, 10, 12 weeks, you know what I mean? So that's, that slow progression has, has really reaped some benefits. Nothing worthwhile has ever come fast or easy. So I, I think that. that 12 weeks is, uh, is kind of our sweet spot. And that's kind of what we have to deal with from uh, you know, November, December 
until the onset of the season in, in early March. So it's worked really well. That ramp up period is, is huge. And that way, dudes are ready to go. Dudes are ready to go. I love that. Now you got guys coming in, season starting, or going to tryouts, they're on point. Rather than, hey, tryouts is this weekend. Maybe I should try and throw a baseball. Like, getting them prepared before it gets to what I would consider a, a game-like atmosphere where, right. you know, you're at tryouts doing all this stuff. Right. They're feeling good right then. Sure. Like, that is for an athlete and then also as a parent to understand and know, like, that's the process. Like, it's not like you could just... All right, guys, here's a bucket of baseballs yeah. and some other things in there. You know, throw them against the wall as many times as you want and right. uh, call it good. Like, as a parent, I would feel really good taking my child to sure. you guys with, you know, the process that you guys have, right. how everything is implemented, how uh, detail-oriented you guys are. Right. Like, right. that's an incredible process. Do you have anything to where it would, uh, like, um, do you guys use track driveline when you guys are going through and creating kind of plans for guys, whiteboards? Like, how do you guys go about the plan? We used for the to day? have whiteboards and we use Google Sheets to track all of our stuff. You know, we're, we're tracking. Some, so sometimes I take the radar gun away. You know what I mean? Hey, if we're getting goofy, things are getting a little bit awry, we, 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 we pull the guns away. Yep. Nobody's on the guns. Hey, this is not the end all be all. We still got to locate. We still got to hit a target. We st so there's weeks at a time. Well, you, you're telling me that you guys are doing the driveline <laughs> thing and training somewhat of command? Yeah. I thought that. Right. I thought those didn't work out together. You'd what? Be surprised. I mean, we're throwing all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff. We're throwing footballs. We're throwing dodgeballs. We're throwing uh, tennis balls. We're throwing, you know, all kinds of different things. We're getting after. We're getting crazy, man. So, yeah, no, that's... It's paramount. You can throw. We've seen it. We've seen it before. We've all seen it before. We have guys that throw 90, 92, 95 at the high school level, but can't hit the broadside of a barn. It doesn't play. It doesn't play. Everything that we do, we make sure that that scales. So at the end of you know just about all of our sessions, we're throwing some deep defensive components in it because these are high school guys that we're working with primarily. We're not working with a lot of POs. We're just not. Um, we're doing some infield technique. We're doing footwork. We're doing some shuffle throws. We're doing shuffle throws into sock nets. Uh, we're, we're, we're changing arm position. You know, we're going here. We're going here. We're going here. We're doing all that stuff. So it's not just overhand throwing. We're training all components of this because we're, we're trying to teach baseball players. I'm not the pitching guru. You know, I'm a baseball coach. I feel like I kind of have an idea of what transfers over to the field. You know, there's some POs out there. There's very few. I mean, our, our best uh, player at, at Brighton, right? Brock Eddy, arguably one of the best players in Colorado. He's a position player as well. Yep. So I want to train these guys to actually be position players as well as train and be pitchers. When they're ready, when they're that, that junior in high school and they are absolutely ready to go, I can't help you anymore. I need you to go for two driveline. I need you to go to fast. I need you to go to push. Those are your places now. You've graduated from my program. So it's empowering for me to say, hey, you're ready to go. I've helped you as much as I can help you. It's, it's time. Go learn some pitching grips. Go, le go learn pitch design from these guys. I'm not going to help you with that. Those are the guys you want to go to for that, right? And that, that's, it, it takes guts to do that because you want to be that dude. Right? You want to be that dude. I'm a coach. I have an ego. We all have egos. But, hey, you're best suited to go somewhere else, man. Go do your thing. So That's awesome. And for someone to have so much information and be one to apply it to the community, 
to then also have that insight? Because I've seen it to where it's been like someone that has an idea of what they're doing, but they, like you said, have that ego they can't let go. Yeah. Like everything has to go through them. And I've seen it just demolish some communities. Absolutely. And so for you to be willing to say like, hey, you know, it's a graduation process. Sure. Like here's your certificate. Like let's do have a little ceremony, but like, hey, now you're going on bigger Absolutely. and better things. Like to have that, especially for being from the community, makes me super excited. Sure. Like that sure. is so awesome to be able to have, and I love that. So my job, right? I want to take some of these youth guys, and I want to get them ready to dive into the high school season, where the coach doesn't necessarily have to monitor and guide them through every one of these components of the driveline program. I want to make them be able to be self-sufficient. That way they can jump into the program, don't require any excessive attention from the high school coach because the high school coach, he has 60 kids he has to deal with, 60 to 80 kids that he's trying to deal with. So if that kid steps in from the youth program and is ready to go, he hits the ground running. He doesn't have to waste his time working on all of the, you know, minuscule, you know, obviously you do. You Important, have to but not as... Right, but you get my point where you can just walk right in and you're ready to go, yep. you know, and continue to grow and keep that path going. So, yeah, no, we, we worked with a, a Colorado Burn team uh, this offseason, one of the top teams that I believe, uh, I believe they're 12 years old. They're heading off to Cooperstown this year. They're dudes, man. They're good players, good players. So we worked with them. We worked with a, a, a little Diablos team, which is kind of fond of fond for me, you know. My cousin took over a team, and we trained them up in the offseason. Hitting, defense, and got them into the throw program to some extent. So yeah, they're they're learning. So it's good. That's so that's awesome. the funnest part for me is the youth guys building them up, getting them ready for that next level. Right. That's so awesome. That's, it's cool. With working with so many kids in the community from different ages, what would you say is the biggest prominent thing that you would like to, not necessarily quick fix, but if you could just like snap your fingers, what would be like the one thing that you would have be fixed? for the high school and like eighth grade range of players, whether it be mechanics, whether it be like the mental side, maybe sometimes the parents, like I, what would you sure. say that just the common high school player, what would be the one thing that would just help them out if we could just all? Expect to fail. Expect to fail and embrace failing. You're going to fail. If you, are a eighth grader coming into ninth grade and you're a stud you can play right and you expect to come into that ninth grade year and be the shortstop and hit number four you got another thing coming these guys are these guys are kids coming to play with men you have 18 year olds seniors right and I coach softball too, so we'll talk a little bit about that. It's a little bit of a different curve for the girls than it is the boys, but we got testosterone. Dudes have testosterone. If you're coming into that ninth grade season as an absolute unit, you're not going to be a unit anymore. So it's very humbling, and you've never had to face failure before. And parents get crazy. Kids get depressed, right? That's a thing more, more prevalent than it always has been. It's tough. It's tough for these kids to, well, do I suck? No, you don't suck. It's just the natural progression of things. You got to embrace the suck yep. in order to get to that next step. 
And what are some things that you can do to get to that sophomore year and get out of this freshman rut, you know, where you thought you were something that maybe you weren't. Or maybe you are, maybe it just didn't play out the way you thought it would. So my biggest thing is get your ass in the weight room. That is the biggest thing, especially for eighth graders coming into the ninth grade. You know, everybody's swinging these hot bats, right? These drop fives, drop tens, whatever they're swinging now. I think there's even different rules for that where they've extended yep, that, they have. which is unfortunate. Horrible. You come in and you're swinging a wood bat, you're not hitting it out of the infield, man. You're not hitting it out of the infield. So find you a trainer, learn how to do some of these base uh, movements as far as uh, you know, lifting and that sort of thing. You gotta embrace it because the game will pass you by really quick if you're not. It's different than when, when, when I was growing up. And you know, I think it, you guys were just starting to dabble a little bit more into the weight training side. Yep. But now, it's huge. It's huge. If you're not, you're, put, you're putting yourself at a huge disservice. And the amount of kids, I, I don't think necessarily realize that it's not just, you know, when you're playing travel ball, there's 40, 50 different 14 U teams in the area. When you go to your high school, there's your high school. Right. Um, and unless you're willing to transfer and move and do all that other, you know, business, you got to figure it out. You got to make it work. Um, and the amount of kids that are just, I don't think necessarily, like you said, understand that scale or that scope. And then all of a sudden they're just hit with a wall. And it's right. like, if my parents are telling me that, you know, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread and everything like that. And then my coach is telling me that I'm just not good enough right now, right, right now, right now, right now, then if I don't know how to get to that point where I am good enough, mm -hmm. I kind of feel stuck. Like you right. said, then that's when the, the mental side of things start really coming into not just on the baseball field, sure. but just in the kind of life in general. For someone that has only, you know, maybe they play multi-sports, but if baseball's their thing, mm -hmm. and if that's kind of who they identify as, all of a sudden they're going through high school, being a freshman is one of the hardest things that you can do. Mm -hmm. You got a bigger school, you got to find classes, you got three different middle schools feed, uh, feeding into the high school that you're at. So you, now you're meeting new friends. There's all this other stuff. And now the thing that has identified you as like the good baseball player, right. the you're dude. not anymore. Right, right. And how do, you, how do you take that as a kid? That's tough. That's tough. All that other stuff, you know? man. I, I absolutely love it. If there is any other information that we can uh, pass on to anyone listening or myself, like, do you have any YouTube channels that you are a big uh, follower of? Any books, yeah. podcasts? Like, what are the things that you just absolutely, you know, kind of dive into and really like? So here's here's some of the things that that I really have, have really dove into as far as you know, just social media stuff is concerned. Obviously, Driveline.com. They have so much information. You know, the Twitter stuff is great. The Instagram stuff is great. Um, amazing stuff. You know, if you get the Plus program, there's so many things you can dive into. It's, it's unlimited information. That's, that's a great uh, area to jump into um, if you're really, really excited about baseball development. Uh, Wasserman Strength. Um, they're fantastic. They do the high-level throwing stuff. I don't know if you've seen that. So they do a lot of the girls' softball stuff and uh you know which is huge we can talk we can have a whole other aspect about that would love that Man, awesome awesome stuff for for the girls um over the past several years girls just don't throw well on the general scale so applying some of these concepts to the girls side man 
you should see. We have girls throwing 70 plus at, you know, eighth grade, ninth graders. It's, it's unbelievable. Let's go. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. So that's a whole other can of worms hey, we can I, jump in. I'll into say as well. for any baseball players out there, I'm sorry. Sophomore girls, so much more fun to work with. Like they listen better. They don't check around. Like mm-hmm. when you say something, it's yes, coach. And not just like a yes, coach. It's like a, they're listening. They're in. They're there. And then if Present. you show them and the moment they get it, they just, they got it. Yeah. And they just go. Yeah. And it, they're already physically a little bit bigger because they started going a little bit. I've got a, a girl that plays 12U softball that comes in. Yeah. And she's bigger than some of my freshmen I work with. Yeah, and it's sure. not necessarily like in a bad way. Like right. she crushes it. She's just, you know, better at her age. And I'm sorry, baseball guys. Like it, it, it kind of sucks working with you guys sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the softball yeah. girls, they kick your butt. Yeah, we're, we're lucky. Uh, I coach a uh, Colorado Stars team. We're fourteen U team right now. Darn good team. We got some. We got some dogs. Hey, you, know, yo, you know what dogs baby. are, yeah. yeah. And they compete, boy. I I never thought because we always had competitive kids all the way through. I'm like, damn, these girls are dogs. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah, yeah. So love it's that. It's a it's a whole different can of worms for me, but I love it. It's a different element. It's a faster game, but trying to bring some of those those high level. Um, developmental techniques that we've used on the baseball side and transferring those over to the, the girls' side. Oh, man, it's crazy. Has that it's been crazy. a fun challenge for you? It's been an awesome challenge. Let's go. It's been an awesome challenge, you know? We're about the only team that, hey, first and thirds, we're, th- we're, we're throwing you out of second base, bro. Let's go. I'm, we're not giving anything up, no. no. And we're going to hit a bomb off you, you know, in the next <laughs> inning. Or we're going to come back and we're going we're gonna to hit a tank. Let's we might go. hit three. So, yeah, we have some absolute studs. So, works out pretty good. Hey you, yo! You'll hear you, you'll start hearing more about them, you know, as soon as they get more into high school and things. But yeah, we got some dogs. I'll That's tell cool. you. So uh, yeah, so get back to my uh, favorite favorite follows, whatever high level throwing. We talked about that. Uh, Kai Correa. Yep. Probably familiar familiar with played Kai. for him for a little bit. Did you? Yeah. Kai's, UNC. Kai's a dude. Kai's he a is. dude. As far as infield stuff is concerned, man, he is something. He is awesome. Uh, Luke Cologne. I don't know if you follow Luke Cologne. He's he's another unit as well. He's awesome. Just the techniques, the footwork, the uh, you know different arm angles, just all of that stuff. Awesome follow. As far as catchers, so a thing that I didn't. I'm I'm just carrying on and carrying on here. Let's do it. Get excited about this. So in our throwing stuff, right? um, We integrate positional training. We you know shortstops throw different than second baseman. Second baseman throw different than outfielders. Catcher's a whole different story, oh. right? So we s- identify those kids that are in these different position groups, and we segment them, and we build a program for those position groups as well. So, yeah, we have guys coming in, they're catchers, you know, leaving, you know, in our 12-week deal, you know, cutting, cutting their, uh, you know, uh, pop time down and, you know, throwing down to second much higher rate. So it, it's awesome, right? So all these different different aspects. So we, we like to get it. Luke alone, like I said, fantastic. Jerry Weinstein, he is the uh, catching instructor for the Colorado Rockies. I, don't, I believe he's a double A. Okay. He's an awesome follow. If you're into catcher stuff and just a baseball mind all the way through. One of Love my that. favorite follows, yeah. And then uh, the guys that I had an opportunity to work with, not necessarily work with, but follow their lead over a drive line. We had Max Gordon. If you, if you don't know about Max Gordon and his story, unbelievable. I think he has a book out now. So Crazy. Unbelievable. Crazy. So 
dive into that if you can. Awesome dude, great guy. Inter- interesting cat, for sure. Interesting cat, for sure. But good dude, good dude. Taught me a ton. Uh, the super speed slugger bats. Are you, are you familiar with those? Uh-uh. So there are these bats, and they're like mirrored after like these golf uh, golf clubs, okay. and they're weighted on the end and whatever else. So you attach those to a, uh, a swing speed trainer, you know, one of those radar devices. He showed me in the course of like five minutes, he increased somebody's swing speed like five miles an hour in like five minutes just by going through the super speed slender program. So that's something we like to use for some of our youth guys too. It's a pretty, pretty great tool nonetheless. So yeah, Max Gordon showed me that. Um, Dean Jackson, he was uh, one of their pitching throwing instructors. Got to, got to see him work. He kind of guided us through. And then Kyle Rogers, he was uh, the guy who uh, took me around the, uh, the weight room and kind of showed me that kind of stuff yes. out there. So he's a good dude. I think he's in college. So, yeah, Max is, I think, in the Detroit Tigers organization. I think Dean's still at driveline. So I think he's had some good opportunities. He's, he's fighting through it, too. He's had some arm injuries. So he's like the dude that, you know, has arm injuries, and he's come back from these arm injuries. And he's just a, working, uh, a work in progress as far as, you know, this is how I'm recovering. This is what we need to do. You know, it's just he's got to do you look up to. It's super cool. He's super cool to follow when it comes to stuff like that. And then like Kyle Rogers, like I said, he does. He's a pitching coach, but he's also a uh, certified, you know, like personal trainer and that sort of thing. So he's a good follow on the weight training side of things. So yeah, all good dudes. Those are those are some of my favorites, though. Those are good guys to uh, to kind of dive into if you have the opportunity. So well, I'm definitely going to be adding. I have some of those guys. I'm going to be definitely adding the rest of them. Though. Yeah, most definitely. Cool. Like that was absolutely awesome. I love the information. I love being able to sit down, chat. Um, and for everyone listening, sounds like we're going to be having another podcast at some point for a little uh, uh, girls fast fish. Yeah, and let's do it. for me, that's something that I've been wanting to dabble in. I got two buckets of softballs right over there. That I yeah. work with uh, two girls right now. I've been wanting to get into more, and so. Uh, maybe we can, I can learn a little bit uh, from sure. that side and that perspective of things, and hopefully that kind of kind of help my side of stuff grow. And so yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming by yeah. today. Thanks for having me, man. It was super fun. Of course, appreciate it.